Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. And those following us over on the podcast, thanks for listening. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and I'm excited about tonight's show. Again, it is 4th of July. The fireworks are going everywhere. So what better time to celebrate what I believe is the most influential individual in electrical history, and that is Nikola Tesla. And so always been a huge fan of Nikola Tesla and what he's done. Of course, I love Thomas Edison as well, but it's something about the mystique behind Nikola Tesla and the the sheer brilliance that he possessed and in, in what he did and the things that we don't even know about probably yet that uh, uh, that he brought to this uh, uh, this world. So again, um, tonight's episode, we're talking uh, Nikola Tesla and I'll be playing a video, which a video is widely available online, but we'll be playing this video and uh, it kind of gives you a little bit of the history of Nikola Tesla. Uh, and then of course, um, what we'll do is we'll kind of look at some uh, online stuff and kind of have a discussion about Nikola Tesla. So without further ado, let's go on and get into the video and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. In 1891, a Serbian scientist demonstrated his latest inventions before an awestruck audience at Columbia University. Tubes held in the hand of Mr. Tesla, a reporter wrote, appeared like a luminous sword in the hand of an archangel representing justice. Nikola Tesla was already famous. The scientist whose experiments with electricity were destined to transform daily life in the 20th century. We live in an electrical world. We take it off for granted. We have light bulbs, we run our refrigerators, our air conditioners, our electrical motors. All of that is all directly back to Tesla. A hundred years ago, he pointed the way toward robots, radio, radar, remote control, the wireless transmission of messages and pictures. He dreamed of harnessing the wind and the sun to make free energy available for everyone. When you think about electricity, you think of Edison, but Tesla was just much more of an original American than 
than Edison. Tesla had a lot of obsessions and odd phobias, and yet he was enormously popular and uh, celebrated. They did not stop him. At the turn of the 20th century, Tesla was acclaimed. Millions of Americans knew his name. But only decades later, he was forgotten by all but a few. He doesn't have a disciplined imagination. He has a fertile imagination. And so he's, he's kind of crazy. Oh, he's a genius, no, no doubt about it. But he's an idiosyncratic genius. His luxuriant imagination was the source of his genius and the cause of his downfall. On June 6th, 1884, 28 years... Now, I'm quite interested in this when we talk about Tesla and they say his, his downfall. Um, a lot of times I like to think that, that Tesla's inventions were not uh, fully embraced, uh, like the, the radio, for example, which he's the inventor of the radio, but he didn't get credit for that until after Marconi died. And eventually, or I guess it was after Tesla died, then all a couple of years later, he got credit for all the advancements he had. So um, quite interesting um, when you think about Tesla. And, you know, one of the things that strikes to me is the statement that the gentleman made that, that he is more American than, and I'm probably paraphrasing it out, but he's probably more American than Thomas Edison. I, I think his ideals for what he came to this country for were wholeheartedly American and what he wanted to embrace was wholeheartedly American. So I, I kind of get that, but we're going to kind of see a little bit and we'll talk about it later, but we'll kind of see a little bit about Tesla and a little bit of the history, uh, which is so important to look at. So let's kind of get back into this. Eight-year-old Nikola Tesla arrived in New York City, one of the millions of immigrants who had begun to transform the fabric of American society during the final decades of the 19th century. The young immigrant knew no one. Six feet, two inches tall, he spoke with a heavy Serbian accent and weighed little more than 140 pounds. He's very tall, gangly, handsome. Looks like a vampire a little bit. What I saw was rough and unattractive, Tesla wrote. Is this America? I asked myself in painful surprise. Everything about him is fastidious and courtly. He's very elegant looking. He's got these amazing blue eyes that people notice. Tesla had only four cents in his pocket, along with some of his favorite poems. But he carried with him a recommendation to the man he admired more than any other. 35-year-old Thomas Edison was already a celebrated inventor, an American folk hero. The incandescent light bulb he had patented five years before had captured the imagination of people all over the world. Light was always associated with flame. And Edison, by inventing a light bulb, was going to shift the country away from natural gas and gas lighting to a world in which there would be 
electricity and electric light bulbs in every household. And this was very astonishing to people. It was a miracle. Now, what I find quite interesting, what I find, uh, again, quite interesting is the, the use of the term light bulb. And of course, you see even in Edison's own literature that it's considered a lamp. And we've propagated that through years. We call the light bulbs, light bulbs. Again, they are lamps. Um, but again, I think that, you know, it's kind of like the people to say remote distribution and sub panel. Again, they both know what we're talking about. But again, we've always called it a light bulb. Uh, but the proper terminology for it is actually a lamp. So quite interesting uh, to, to see it and, and, and realize probably where it came from is when we perpetuate things, it just kind of stays out there. So anyway, let's keep on going. Miracle. Electricity was very mysterious at the time. My grandmother, born in 1900 maybe, um, insisted that we always have those childproof things in the plugs because she thought the electricity was dripping out and would collect on the floor and you'd step in it. Tesla meandered down the lanes of Lower Manhattan, heading toward Edison's office. With a revolutionary idea, he was certain the celebrated inventor would be grateful for. Beneath the ground ran 80,000 feet of copper conductors, the world's first electric grid, Thomas Edison's creation, lighting homes and powering factories on the lower tip of Manhattan. But Edison's system generated direct current, DC, and DC had severe limitations. Direct current couldn't go very far. You would have had to have a generating station every mile. It was a very limited form of power. So this was a real problem. And Tesla had the solution, a brilliant solution. Now, I think what many people don't remember is that Tesla didn't invent AC. I like to think Tesla perfected it and allowed for its expansion and use over long distances. Whereas again, DC, is very short point to point and it would take a lot of substations to be able to do it at the time although that's what thomas edison was all about i mean he's a, all about the dc and how safer it is than ac at the time he probably didn't give any thought to that it's just he was dealing with dc and you know and then all of a sudden this tesla comes in and you'll see that tesla's going to help thomas edison with an issue but in reality is uh he Tom, uh, Nikola Tesla had a better plan, had a better idea. And Edison just didn't want to embrace that. And of course, we know that caused the current wars. But at the end of the day, you just can't do it. Now, I think what would be interesting is Thomas Edison would love the fact that today, everything is going DC with the PV and the uh, 399, which you have the lighting systems in buildings now, low voltage applications. I think he would, he would love all that and say, I told you so. But at the end of the day, again, we're about power, long distances, transmission. It just DC was not the way to go with that. Very good localized. Uh, that's why PV works so well. That's why keeping it centralized, but not on a long scale, long distance scale. And I think that um, Tesla saw that and he kind of knew that. So let's keep on going. With direct current, a generator produces electricity, a stream of electrons that flows along a wire to a light bulb or a motor. 
and then returns to the generator in one long continuous loop. Okay, let me just explain something to you. This is great in theory, and this is wonderful to explain how electricity works. But the electrons don't actually leave a battery and go through the wire all the way back, traveling from positive to negative or negative to positive, however you argue. It, 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 just so you know, it doesn't really move like that. And it's the movement of the electrons that are always present in the conductive material that's important. That's what gets pressure energized through a source, like a battery or a generator, that causes those electrons to get excited. It's the reaction that creates the work here. But you do have to have a closed loop system in order for this to be able to, to work. But I think the same as a comment that was made earlier about water flowing out of the plugs, the, the older other uh, receptacle outlet that the older uh, lady would talk about, was the system, the fact that we always refer to it as the flow of water when we're trying to explain it on a very basic level and so at the end of the day that's really not how it works but again it helps us get the message and people understand it so okay it, it's all good because it kind of translates the message electrons travel energy is lost to the resistance of the wire like a long river whose energy is spent the farther the current travels the alternative to DC is AC, alternating current. With alternating current, the electrons don't flow in a single direction. Instead, they vibrate back and forth, like an ocean tide, surging with power that could send electricity long distances. But no one had designed a motor that could run efficiently on AC. Even Thomas Edison himself was baffled. But in a waking vision, Nikola Tesla had imagined an AC motor when he was 26, two years before he met Edison, as if he had been waiting for that astonishing revelation since he was a small boy in Croatia. He was born in the tiny Croatian village of Smiljan in 1856. As family stories have it, on the stroke of midnight, while a thunderstorm raged around him. He'll be a child of the storm, the midwife said. His mother responded, no, of light. That I did not know. His father was a Greek Orthodox priest who wanted his son to follow in his footsteps. But he took after his mother, who invented a variety of ingenious devices for farming and housekeeping and encouraged the boy's precocious gifts. Tesla takes this lifelong obsession with electricity back to when he was three years old and he is petting the family cat, Machak. And he begins to create sort of this sheet of sparks and it makes this crackling noise like thunder. And he says to his father, what is that? And his father said, well, it's electricity, such as you get during thunderstorms. And stop that because you're, you know, electrifying the cat. For the rest of his life, Tesla would be awestruck by the wonders of electricity. As a child, he spent hours playing beside a tumbling stream that ran beside his home. His very first invention, a hook designed to catch frogs, made him the envy of his friends. 
Before he was six, he had invented a motor consisting of a rotating spindle powered by June bugs. I wanted to harness the energies of nature to the service of man, he wrote later. You can see the seeds of a number of his inventions when he was a child. Okay, so to me, <laughs> I mean, as a child, we're thinking of other things to do. And Tesla's thinking of harnessing the energy of nature. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, being that I did not know that his mother had inventions and that she was so uh, smart as well. You knew about the father being an Orthodox minister, but not really knowing that her his mother was so smart. And it, obviously, if you're believing in genetics or whatever you believe in, again, this is passed down. But again, amazing at such a young age, coming up with all these creative ideas why other kids just you know, do what other kids do. Quite, quite amazing to me. And again, the spark of what would be a, a, a genius. But he sometimes had difficulty separating reality from his own imagination. Sometimes, he wrote, I was quite unable to distinguish whether what I saw was tangible or not. From an early age, he was afflicted by spontaneous, inexplicable visions that confused his picture of reality, yet empowered his preternatural gift for invention. When he was 12, in an extraordinary feat of mind control, he banished the images that haunted him by willing himself to live in a visual world of his own invention. He could travel in his own visions, travel to foreign countries, understand foreign languages, and having control over these visions spurred on his creative energy in later life. By the time Tesla was 17, he had honed a keen visual facility. When I get an idea, he wrote, I do not rush into actual work. I start at once building it up in my imagination. I change the construction, make improvements, and operate the device in my mind. Early in his life, he developed this really magnificent way of visualizing physical things. By the time it came for him to build them, they came almost fully formed. When he was 21, Tesla won a scholarship to a polytechnic institute in Graz, Austria. He studied with a fierce determination, sometimes 20 hours a day. Tesla couldn't stop learning. He couldn't stop reading. He memorized all of Faust. His memory was photographic and unassailable. He would see something once, he would hear something once, and it, it never left him. He was obsessive, so once he started to read Voltaire, he had to read every single thing that Voltaire ever wrote. As Tesla immersed himself in the study of mathematics and science, the mysteries of electricity were waiting to be unraveled. When a professor told his class that it was impossible to construct a motor that could run on alternating current, Tesla objected. Mr. Tesla may accomplish great things, the professor told the class, but he certainly never will do this. Tesla disagreed. He's pushing it with the professor. He's saying, I see 
And this is visionary. He's saying, I can do this. At first, he didn't see the solution, but he saw the problem. DC motors waste energy. There's metal surfaces moving over each other and they kind of do this and there's, there's sparks, it smells, it breaks, it wears out. It's a clunky, inelegant way to do it. He's thinking that really wants to be AC. I mean, he almost kills himself trying to, trying to make it work. Day and night, year after year, I worked incessantly, he wrote later. I could visualize motors and generators. The images I saw were to me perfectly real and tangible. Solving the problem of alternating current was a matter of life and death. I knew that I would perish if I failed. Obsessed, he stopped studying, lost his scholarship, dropped out of school, and drifted. He was falling into a hallucinatory, mind-shattered space and suffered, in his own words, a complete nervous breakdown. For four years, Tesla's imagination tormented him, and then it saved him. In 1882, walking in a Budapest park as the sun was setting, the solution, he wrote, came like a flash of lightning. I cannot describe my emotions. A thousand secrets of nature I would have given for that one which I had wrested from her at all odds and at the peril of my existence. I think he sees some kind of intrinsic beauty to an AC motor. I think that's where you really see this, this famous Tesla insight and, and, and uh, intuition. Tesla's genius was to take a DC motor and reimagine it. He eliminated the mechanical parts where metal rubbed against metal, replaced the inner cylinder with one made of copper, and sent an electric current through the outer ring, turning the outer ring and the cylinder into magnets. The interaction of the two magnets made the inner cylinder spin without any parts touching. Imagine a, a merry-go-round, okay? And you want to spin your kid around and, and there's, you know, a pole sticking up from the merry-go-round. So you, you grab the pole here and you push it across like that and the merry-go-round goes around, and you wait until the pole comes. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. And then you grab it and push it again, okay? So you can think of the pole as the electromagnet on the cylinder, and you are the magnet on the outside and you're timing your grab. Because if you just, if you grabbed it here, you, you know, you wouldn't be able to push. You, you've got to grab it like that. So that's the way an AC motor works. No sparking, no smell, nothing wearing up. He really just saw the whole thing in an instant. Tesla was a 26-year-old with an idea he was convinced would change the world. He went to work as an engineer 
for a branch of Thomas Edison's company in Paris, but decided his main chance lay in New York with the great man himself. He has a design in his head, and he's actually made a prototype which works. He is a huge admirer of Thomas Edison, and he feels if Edison is presented with better technology, he will embrace it as something that he could develop in his own company, presumably with the help of his very junior employee, Nikola Tesla. In the spring of 1884, Nikola Tesla brought his invention to America to share with his hero, Thomas Edison. This is late 19th century America in New York City. There's a tremendous sense of possibility, and it's a, an age of incredible invention and technological change. And he totally expects to be part of that. Tesla walked confidently into Edison's office in Lower Manhattan the very day he arrived and flashed a letter of introduction from Edison's Paris office. Meeting Edison, Tesla said, thrilled me to the marrow. Edison hired him on the spot, but they were cut from two different molds. Edison was a completely practical man and inventor. He wanted to make things work and sell them. Tesla really just wanted to understand how the mysteries of electricity worked. Tesla was a very well-educated engineer. He understood both theory and mathematics. Edison did a lot by trial and error. He was able to work well with things when he could see the cause and effect immediately. He wasn't nearly as well-educated. He didn't, he, he didn't even go to college. Edison, as he gets to know Tesla, refers to him, and this is not particularly a compliment, as a poet of science. Tesla worked for Edison redesigning generators 20 hours a day, seven days a week. I have had many hard-working assistants, Edison told him, but you take the cake. Encouraged, Tesla worked even harder. He desperately wanted Edison's blessing as an inventor and needed his savvy as a businessman. But when he described his AC motor to his boss, Edison told him bluntly he was wasting his time. There was no future in alternating current. Edison had a lot of experience in how incredibly difficult it was to go from the idea to the reality. Imagine right now what the world would be like if somebody is very passive and somebody tells you it's not going to happen. Here's the of the time, the greatest inventor of the time telling you, okay, and, and you're wanting to aspire to be something and him telling you that it's not going to work. Your idea is foolish. It's, it's not worth it. Get back to work on what I want you to work on. And it's, I mean, some people would just stop, you know, most people would just say, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Here's the greatest inventor. Uh, of our modern time at that time, and I'm done. But he did not. So, quite interesting. And so, he was very skeptical of people who just said, ah, well, I have this idea, and this is going to be the solution. And it also would have meant that he had to retrofit and redo the entire system that he was so emotionally wedded to. 
Disillusioned by Edison's rejection, after six months, Tesla abruptly quit and struck out on his own. He's very naive and doesn't know how the world works, and he thinks that he will be welcomed and well-funded uh, because he wants to elucidate the mysteries of electricity. He spent a year patenting designs for arc lights for two New Jersey businessmen who cheated him out of his patents and left him penniless. When it came to business, Tesla would always be naive. Interesting. Uh, I'll just bring something up. Interesting in this documentary, which so far kind of goes with what I've seen before. Uh, and I chose this one because it falls within our hour of our show. But quite interesting is that there's no mention of this disagreement between Tesla and Edison when it comes to since Tesla was working on the dynamo for uh, Edison and he tries to bring this idea and what what Edison says is look you just work on my dynamo if you can make this a motor DC motor better or the dynamo better then tell you what I'll give you fifty thousand dollars and then when Tesla does it he comes back and wants to get paid and Thomas Edison says don't you understand American humor? It was all just a joke. And that is the reason that he quit. So that's a story that we hear uh, a lot, and it's very common. I did not hear it in this story. Uh, but again, it just says he quit. Um, they also go and say that Tesla was a very educated man when we know that he, he quit school early. Um, it didn't finish, but again, Thomas Edison, again, portrayed as not so educated. Kind of interesting uh, a way that this uh, it's going with, with this video. But again, I, I'm not disagreeing with any of the information. I'm just saying it's it's kind of uh, some of the stuff is kind of new to me, and in some is doesn't jive with what the histories of, of other ones. But again, uh, it's PBS, so it's pretty well vetted. Okay, and maybe they're just skimming the surfaces. So uh, I don't know. Let's get back in it. He spent the next winter digging ditches for $2 a day. That I knew would true. many days, he said, when I did not know where my next meal was coming from. When he leaves Edison's lab, his heart is broken. This man who he thought was going to be a mentor to him in some kind of dark opposite way ends up mentoring him, right? Just by teaching him maybe what he didn't want to be. Tesla was alone, without family or friends. He had been in America for nearly two years and had nothing to show for it. My high education in science, mechanics, and literature, he wrote, seemed to me like a mockery. Then, that spring, his luck turned around. Two investors who learned that Tesla had worked for Edison took a chance on the Serbian inventor. They made him their partner and rented him a laboratory where he could perfect his invention. If it worked, it was worth millions. During the last part of the night. I believe they also wanted him to perfect the arc light even more uh, so they could make immediate money. Uh, but uh, 
again, giving him the ability to expand on his ideas is, you know, thankful to those investors. It allowed him to keep on. Otherwise, you know, he could have been demeaning down where he's digging ditches and, and never recovered. And so many people get knocked down and, and, and he saw an opportunity. Thankfully, things happen for reasons and that's what happened. So 19th century, as the railroad bound the nation together with steel tracks and made a handful of Americans fabulously rich. 22-year-old George Westinghouse had invented the railroad air brake and parlayed his invention into a you know formidable that? fortune. Now a wealthy man who knew how to bring inventions into the marketplace, Westinghouse was looking to the future, and the future was electricity. There were a lot of people saying there's money to be made here, and Westinghouse comes across Tesla and he thinks this man is a jewel and he may even have nailed the toughest technical problem in the middle of this emerging, potentially immensely profitable game changer, uh, alternating current. In 1888, Westinghouse bought Tesla's patents for tens of thousands of dollars, making Tesla a rich man. The contract specified paying Tesla as the inventor a bonus, $2.50 for every horsepower of alternating current sold. Tesla is someone who has the key technological creative insight. And what he needs is someone to coach him and someone to fund him. Tesla headed to Pittsburgh where Westinghouse began building Tesla's motor, along with the dynamos and transformers that would make long-distance transmission of electricity possible. But the struggle to make Tesla's invention a commercial success was far from over. Westinghouse was competing for the market with Edison, and he was in trouble. Electricity was a capital-intensive business, and his company was overextended. His investors were worried. Westinghouse goes to Tesla and says, in order for your dream, your alternating current motor to succeed, I have to, I, I can't pay you what I promised you in the contract. I, I, I'll go out of business. Westinghouse asked Tesla to rescind the royalty clause in the contract. Without consulting a lawyer, without hesitating, Tesla agreed. Tesla does not try to negotiate, you know, okay, we'll move it down from $2.50. I'll take, I'll take 10 cents on the dollar. No, he doesn't negotiate at all. Uh, he so this to me is quite amazing of, of a man. He was, he really truly believed in the concept of electricity and everything about it, the passion behind it. Money wasn't the issue to him. It, it wasn't a driving force for Tesla. Um, again, in order to get $2 and whatnot uh, per every, uh, I mean, it's just, I just can't fathom today we'd never make those deals. We'd have lawyers sitting in the back room, but he's like, eh, okay. And it still amazes me uh, when I hear that. that. That I've heard before, so. He simply tears up the contract. Their contract was really very, very generous. $2.50 for every horsepower of electricity produced. 
it would have made Tesla one of the richest men in history. He was naive and also tended to think he could break the state of the art any morning before breakfast. Just months after relinquishing his royalties, Tesla appeared at Columbia University to demonstrate his new wonders, determined to astonish an audience of engineers, along with a few influential investors. A lot of the reason for the demonstration was to get patronage. It was really what scientists were doing in the time. In the air was this American sensibility of show me. Yeah, you can write your fancy European words. You can write equations. You can publish in some journal that nobody read. I want to see it. Show me. Tesla had begun to explore the possibility of transmitting energy without wires. Here is a simple glass tube, he told his astonished audience. Wherever I move it in space, its soft, pleasing light persists with undiminished brightness. People were used to incandescent lamps, lamps with filaments, but this idea of a light bulb with no filament that could turn on with absolutely no connection to wire or to a battery. The lamps were Tesla's own invention, the forerunners of today's fluorescent tubes. Incandescent bulbs glowed hot. Tesla called his tubes cold light. Cold light is a bulb with gases in it, and when electricity is nearby, it lights up. It's wireless. You don't have... This is so interesting because back when I was younger, I was big into CBs, and I had a linear that would put out a lot of power, a lot of watts, and we used to go underneath canopies that had fluorescent tubes, and when I would key up the mic, it literally would light these tubes up the amount of energy coming off the antenna. Uh, and so um, we used to be able to do things like change street lights, uh, just so much power coming from that linear uh, on the CB that it would, you could hold, and we used to do that. We'd take a fluorescent tube and you would hold it out around the, the vehicle, the truck, and you'd key it up and it would literally illuminate it. And people were amazed and they'd see it. And again, I remember doing that way back in high school, uh, doing that with our CBs and linears and things like that. It was Cool to show people. Of course, I was in electrical back then, too, and, of course, fan of Tesla, too. So, again, I was very aware of it when I was doing it, but it was just a, it was just a neat experience that, that I did uh, back then. So, kind of interesting. have to have all kinds of wiring to make it work. You just have to have ambient electricity. Ambient electricity, an electric field, was created by another Tesla invention. He invented this device Tesla called the Tesla coil. coil, which enabled him to generate enormously high voltage. It could take low AC voltage and build up inside the coil an enormous amount of energy, and then through a spark discharge, release all of that energy very, very quickly. As one reporter put it, Tesla acted the part of a veritable magician. Like a good showman, Tesla wanted to leave his audience dumbfounded. He stretched out his hand and took hundreds of thousands of volts of electricity directly through his body. 
Tesla was apparently unhurt by the whole thing. It was pretty amazing to people. Of course, he knew the secret. It's called the skin effect. His body was taking the electricity and it was literally running through his skin from where, from his hand down to, down to the ground and not entering the, the, the internal parts of his body where it really could do some, some real damage. I've done things like that and it hurts like hell. Maybe Tesla was just hurting like crazy, but the real danger with electricity is if you grab something that's at a high voltage, it causes your muscles to contract, in particular your heart, and so your heart can stop. The boundary line between gee whiz, gosh bang, I can make magic happen, and the careful laboratory verification of results was not all that cleanly defined. At that time, electricity is still somewhere between magic, science, and business. Tesla concluded his three-hour lecture with a pay-on to electric energy and its beneficent future as a servant of mankind. Everywhere is energy, he said. With the power derived from it, humanity will advance with great strides. The magnificent possibilities expand our minds, strengthen our hopes, and fill our hearts with supreme delight. Tesla was motivated by wonder and awe at nature. He really wasn't in this to make money. He really felt that there should be a way, given how powerful nature is, to harness that power and then use it to relieve human suffering and, and toil. On May 1st, 1893, as a great choir broke into song, President Grover Cleveland flicked a switch and 160,000 light bulbs lit up the evening sky over Chicago, opening the Columbian Exposition. You know, something else that's quite interesting about that, what they won't tell you is that, or they probably won't tell you is that Tesla could not use the typical lamp made by Edison. He wouldn't allow it. Obviously, they were competing for these different things. So he had to scramble and come up with his own lamp rather quickly in order to be able to meet this engagement here for the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago. So if you think about the, 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 what it would take to do that, where you have Edison, who has worked on the lamp for many years now, and Tesla wants to do this, and he has got to have his own lamp to be able to do all this, as well as set up the system to power it uh, and, and run all the wiring and do everything it needs to do. Quite amazing, if you think about it. He didn't use anything from Edison and the inventions of Edison. This was, this was all Tesla. And all what Tesla had to come up with, obviously working with Westinghouse, everybody together making this happen. But again, the sheer uh, of the time, it's... You know, we get excited today when the new cell phone comes out. It, you can only imagine the time it would be to illuminate, which is normally used by gas, lighting, and things like this, to all of a sudden to be able to power all of this uh, and put it on display for everybody is quite amazing. People ask me, and sometimes in history, where would you want to be? Would you be back with George Washington? Would you want to be... 
I would like to be standing beside Tesla when they threw the switch uh, in this event, because from here on out, it just takes off. Now, when Tesla starts dealing with the um, trying to harness power from the atmosphere, again, that kind of goes against something that Westinghouse was it that's free power. And it's not really what Westinghouse is all about. Uh, it's kind of go there's, you know, kind of go separate on that. But here is a moment in time, which I bet you just was glorious to be there. The exposition signaled the coming triumph of alternating current over direct current. Westinghouse had outfoxed Edison, winning the contract to wire the exposition with alternating current. 12 75-ton dynamos generated three times more energy than the entire city of Chicago. Six months later, Westinghouse went on to win a greater prize. The Niagara contract Falls. to harness Niagara Falls to generate alternating current electricity. Tesla worked with the engineers, perfected all of these dynamos and motors and helped design everything. The water powered the water wheels and that powered the generators and the generators sent out electricity. At that point, DC was a technology that was defeated. Alternating current triumphed. Before Tesla, you'd have to have thousands of little power plants at every mile. After Tesla, from one power source, Niagara Falls, you could light up and power the entire Northeast. The modern world was born. Alternating current transformed daily life in the 20th century and made Tesla famous. Tesla was all at once a celebrity, a new Edison. He was enormously famous, incredibly charming, mesmerizing, and funny. He speaks many languages, loves poetry. He's just an all-round Renaissance man uh, that people are very drawn to. He is very beloved of newspaper reporters because he could go on for hours on almost any topic and have something interesting and insightful to say. Tesla was fond of luxury. He lived in the Astor House, the city's first luxury hotel, and dined at Delmonico's, the lavish restaurant of choice for fashionable New Yorkers. Resplendent in his cutaway coat and striped dress pants, he was the darling of New York society, a regular at the glittering tables of the super rich. Men like John Jacob Astor and J.P. Morgan. He needed to be supported. He needed to cultivate and persuade these very powerful industrialists that he was worthy of being invested in. 37 years old, Tesla devoted his prodigious energies to creating new inventions in his laboratory in Lower Manhattan, where he passed long, solitary hours and delighted in showing off his experiments to friends, artists, writers, society figures, the luminaries of his day, among them Mark Twain. Stars of the Gilded Age came to his laboratory, and Tesla was a star among these stars. Tesla continued inventing, 
securing patent after patent. Yet he was peculiar, dogged by troubling, persistent obsessions. He was enormously popular and celebrated, but he had a lot of odd phobias and routines. Everything that he does should be divided by three. If he was staying in a hotel, the room should be divisible by three. In his younger days, he would, uh, he would swim in the morning, and he always did 27 laps because it was divisible by three. He would circle a block three times before entering a building. He had horrible germ phobia. He couldn't stand the sight of women's earrings. He couldn't stand the idea of touching human hair. I don't like to use the term obsessive compulsive, but he was. Can you imagine today how Tesla would be in the middle of this COVID-19 thing? <laughs> I mean, you know, um, but the, the concept of obsessed by three and everything divisible by three, uh, I've read stories on that. And there's this old saying, and I have a logo that I have out there called 369. It's he believed in the theorism of 369 being a gateway to higher light or higher understanding. There's a whole bunch of videos on that and theories on that. But I believe that he got his knowledge from a higher power the, and things like that. Okay, But at the end of the day, just a, a genius in, in itself. Uh, what I did want to talk about before I move forward is kind of some of the top 10 inventions that Tesla had. So this is a great point to do it because, you know, Tesla, the man is right on the screen. Obviously, the Tesla coil, uh, which, again, largely is not utilized anywhere. It's great for experiments. Um, the concept behind it was to be something greater, Wardenclyffe and things like that. Um, but that was having to do with what we call the magnificent transmitter, which is what he was going to do. And again, it probably be alluded to here, which probably was the downfalls where he ended up losing most of his money. But the ability to harness power from the atmosphere and send it long distances was something that he was big in. So that was kind of one of his, um, he really believed in wireless power. Now, of course, today he would be probably all the things that we do today, like this wireless pad that the phone just sits on and charges and all that kind of stuff is precursor to, to things that, that, that he kind of uh, invented, if you will, kind of the father of that type of stuff. Uh, one of the top ones also, is the neon lamp. It talked about it earlier. Uh, his working in neon lamp, which he used at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair. He demonstrated neon light at that time. Um, again, the Niagara Falls transmitter house and all of that design was something that, that we build our whole electrical system around today based on that first power generating facility and what it could do with the water, paddle wheels, generators, turbines, everything that Tesla had a hand in, uh, probably the greatest invention that people will attribute to Tesla is the induction motor. Um, whether it's for generators, whether it's for motors to do work and power, AC motors today all hold its credit to Nikola Tesla. And again, uh, there was a great demonstration of the merry-go-round earlier in three-phase. You have three separate magnetic coils that create a kind of that grab point to constantly keep it going. Um, all of this stuff was the invention of Tesla. Um, he also created the first radio-controlled boat. And I don't know why he... I, that was probably just a simple power, power off left, power on right, you know, and just kind of straightforward moving. But he invented that. The ability to do that wirelessly 
um, is, you know, through radio control was something that was attributed to him. Uh, alternating current. He is not the inventor of alternating current. Alternating current was already around prior to that, but it's what Tesla did with it is what makes it so amazing is that he actually, uh, with the creation of the motor and the ability to show that you could transmit power at longer distances. And of course, this never would have happened. People say this all the time. How big is Westinghouse play a role in this? Um, without Westinghouse money and without his ability to help push things to the next level, Tesla was a good inventor. But he was not a visionary when it comes to monetary or obviously with the deal he threw away. Um, he was not somebody who uh, cared about the dollar. Now, he liked the limelight and he liked to be famous, but he wanted to surround people around him that had the money to support his habit, things he liked to do. Uh, but that wasn't his driving force. I found that interesting in a couple other um, biologies uh, that I looked at. Another one that they don't talk about much is the radio. And the radio pretty much was Tesla's invention. Now, of course, Marconi, other ones like that took it and took pieces of it. But ultimately, he ended up getting the patent for that as well. So uh, quite interesting things that we can attribute to uh, Tesla. But for me, growing up, the biggest thing was the fact that he took something that DC and long distances, you just can't step it up and transmit it. There's a number of losses. And like it showed in the picture of the motor with the stators, the armatures, the arcing, the brushes, it's just going to wear out quicker and requires more maintenance, not efficient. It's a lot of energy loss. Whereas the AC current is AC motors and induction motors are very efficient. And so, again, having this vision and, and just the fact that he had it at such a young age is still quite amazing to me. So that's just kind of something I wanted to interject. Again, we can't cover everything about Tesla, and I didn't want to in this episode. It's really celebrating Tesla. Uh, but again, let's, let's kind of go on to a little more. He had a lot of restrictions keeping him away from actual humans. Despite being a great humanitarian, Tesla had a lot of issues with humanity. Tesla was a romantic, but romance had no place in his life. I do not think there is any thrill, he told a reporter, like that felt by the inventor as he sees some creation of the brain unfolding to success. Such emotions make a man forget food, sleep, friends, love, everything. It's a pity too, for sometimes we feel so lonely. Like, I'm not going to stark contrast this with something, but I, it, when I hear that, it makes, he stated that, it makes me think of something. I have spent many, many years putting together education, training program, uh, and I know that my son and my wife have suffered for that. Uh, again, I produce so much content and answer so many emails and phone calls during personal events and that I can only imagine that, of course, I'm not lonely. I'm, I'm, the people around me love me, you know, have my haters, haters. But at the end of the day, we give a lot. Now, obviously, I'm not putting, obviously, you no, know, there'll be those buttholes that say something about, whoa, Paul thinks he's Tesla. Dude, be real. I've got four patents. This man had over 300 patents. 
My patents do not change the world, does not change lives. My patent helps a manufacturer make money. But at the end of the day, I always felt that kinship with Tesla because I have given a lot to what I am involved in teaching and, and the passion for it. And people ask me all the time, countless emails, where do I find the time in the day to produce videos, to produce the podcast, to produce uh, books that I write, the articles that I write, everything that I do, and I don't know. I can't answer the question except for I, I sleep very little and I'm up late and, and I try to work and I, you know, and I get up early and I try to do that. Obviously, nowhere on the spectrum of Tesla. The man was a genius and I'm far from that. But I feel a personal kinship with him. And so I always had this, this you know, desire to be something in electrical and really learn electricity. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning today. I'll, I probably only know one, one speck of one-tenth of what Tesla knew. And there's many people out there that know way more than me. But again, I... I, I, I try to learn every day and immerse myself in something every day, whether it's transformers, magnetics, and uh, magnetic coupling, and, and, and try to, knowing that I'll never achieve that, that level of, of knowledge, but I, I enjoy it. But I can understand also, once you get so immersed in something, and people do this with their business too, they get so immersed in it that they forget about everything else around them. And then everything else around them can suffer as a result. I, I get it. I do understand where they're saying. In 1899, Tesla headed west. He had enormous ambitions, and they were growing too big for his New York laboratory. 43 years old, once again, he imagined an invention that he believed would change the world. He set up shop outside of the resort town of Colorado Springs, checked into the Alta Vista Hotel, room 207, a number divisible by three, and went to work. In a laboratory built to his specifications on the outskirts of town, he conducted a series of experiments in great secrecy. He built this lab where he could generate huge amounts of electricity and built this huge fence around it saying, keep out. And where did he get the money to do this? by telling John Jacob Astor IV that he was now going to develop his cold light. And the cold light was so superior to the Edison bulb. And just think of the millions of light bulbs that were sold every year that would be displaced by the cold light. But Tesla had no intention of profiting from a paltry thing like fluorescent lighting. He soon had his coils producing a million volts of electricity. Errant Bolt set his laboratory on fire. He drew so much power that he once plunged the entire town of Colorado Springs into darkness. Using high voltages, Tesla theorized that he could transmit electricity vast distances by sending electric currents through the earth. You have this Tesla coil and there's this, <clears throat> this enormous spark across the room. That's a current. The current makes a magnetic field. That magnetic field spreads out. If the current is large enough, it can go miles and light a bulb. He set up an experiment where he had some light bulbs in a field and they were surrounded in a 50 foot square of wire. And he transmitted power so that 
an electrical field was created within that wire and the bulbs lit up. That was one of the things that led him to believe that he would be able to accomplish this on a wide scale. At the end of eight months of experimentation, Tesla announced that he had proved that he could transmit electric power abundantly and cheaply anywhere on the planet. But he never produced the evidence to make his case. This is where Tesla didn't do so well. He really thought he was onto something. Um, I, I think his picture was pretty much wrong. I think he fooled himself. The problem is a physics problem. The farther you get away from the source, the weaker and weaker the, uh, the electricity gets. Tesla is of the school that, that once he believed he had some evidence for something, he was very quick to promote it, uh, expound it to the world, and, and not at all interested in challenging it. Tesla was damaging his credibility. He tarnished it even further by claiming that late one night, he received signals from Mars. His instrumentation was doing some weird flipping around, and uh, he was claiming that it was communications from space. It may have been gamma rays or cosmic rays. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to interject here, because this is where you think, Tesla, 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 and then all of a sudden it starts going downhill, and they're going, well, maybe he's a whack job. No. Look, at the time, all of these things were very new and very out there and there was people talking about creatures in space and everything i mean everything was going in he made some statements now let's talk about the warden cliff experiment do we think that he could have transmitted power long distances um we will never know because he didn't get full funding to do that and he built the tower but he never really did get the backing or the belief in it his backers did not buy into it, and it just went out of funding. So we can have people today say something can't be done, but they also said the motor, AC motor couldn't be done. They said radio couldn't be done. They said many things couldn't be done, and he proved them wrong. But, again, from somebody early on that didn't, didn't have money play a role, which, again, if he had a held Westinghouse to his contract, uh, the amount of money that he would have made would have been crazy, and he wouldn't have had to rely on anybody else. But, again, Tesla didn't think business. He wasn't a business person. So he just did what he thought was right and what he thought was fair. Well, business isn't fair. And so at the end, it caused him problems. So if I'm sure from here, and we're going to end this pretty, you know, not too long from here because I think you got the basic gist of Tesla uh, early on. Um, but it's going to probably go towards the slant side of Tesla, the, the, the more depressing side of Tesla. And I don't like to think about those things. Um, do I think he had some issues? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if he was talking to pigeons. Well, we talk to our dogs. We talk to our cats. Okay, we, we talk to our animals. The difference is he believed they talked back. And you know what? Dementia, age, time. I mean, today we would call that slipping a little but the man was simply brilliant we have to take his window of contribution and that's what's so important so we'll kind of get a little bit more of this and then we'll try to wrap it up a little bit for tonight's episode i'm going a little long so i apologize even radio waves the fact that he interpreted it as communication from alien beings or martians made people begin to 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 doubt him his fertile imagination 
so critical to his inventive powers, was betraying him. That same year, an Italian electrical engineer, Guglielmo Marconi, sent a wireless message across the English Channel. Tesla dismissed him. Marconi possesses more enterprise than knowledge. Let him continue. He's using 17 of my patents. 17 of his patents. In the year 1900, 44-year-old Nikola Tesla returned to New York City. He had burned through $100,000 in eight months in Colorado Springs. Now, he was looking for many hundreds of thousands of dollars more. Without using wires, without using any other means of transmission than the Earth, he wanted to send electrical power and wireless messages around the globe. And he believed he could do this based on the experiments he had conducted in Colorado Springs. Settling into the luxurious... We do send Astoria wireless messages around the globe. Tesla started looking for investors. Thank you, Tesla. But raising capital would not be easy. Heedless, he was making more and more extravagant claims. He repeated that he had received signals from Mars and insisted that he had the apparatus to signal the Martians back. He also foresaw the transmission. Not so far-fetched. I mean, I'm not talking about the Martians, but I'm just saying, signaling them back. Don't you think that a big millions of watts of power, a big arcing, you know, sending out a big signal could maybe send a signal? I'm just saying. I mean, maybe that's what he thought. I don't know. <laughs> we'll go on. ...of pictures and sound and music, images and voices real time. But for investors, you have to have something that seems a little more realistic and concrete. How do you explain a vision? Tesla's reputation as a scientist was on the line. At this point, Tesla has not had a commercially successful invention in a number of years. And as he tries to get new people interested in investing in him, they're less than enthusiastic because they feel that he's just going to take their money and vaporize it. But J.P. Morgan, the most powerful financier in America, was intrigued. Tesla's breakthrough with alternating current was worth millions. Morgan wanted to hear what the eccentric inventor was proposing now. Tesla told him that he had designed a small tower to transmit wireless messages. He kept secret his intention to transmit electric power wirelessly, to make unlimited electricity available free to anyone with an antenna. Tesla's basic idea was to give energy for free for the betterment of humanity. But he wasn't going to be able to sell this idea to Morgan. It was, he was playing to what Morgan's interests were. Morgan invested $150,000 toward what he thought would be the wireless transmission of messages, but warned that 150,000 was his limit. With Morgan's money, Tesla bought 200 acres on Long Island's North Shore. He called it Wardenclyffe after its former owner and began building a transmission tower. He also intended to have a manufacturing facility 
but J.P. Morgan's $150,000 was never going to complete what Tesla had in mind. And I'm sure that when he took that money, he thought they'd be more following once he achieved some measure of success. But a triumphant Guglielmo Marconi doomed Tesla's dream. On December 12, 1901, Marconi sent the first wireless transmission across the Atlantic, based on Tesla's patents. Eight years later, Marconi would win the Nobel Prize for the invention of wireless telegraphy, radio. And the minute J.P. Morgan sees that, he's done with Tesla. So there's no more money coming from J.P. Morgan. So Tesla's in a very bad place. This is where, had he retained his royalties for alternating current, he would have had all the money he needed to do whatever he wanted. Um, but he didn't, and he wrote just these ever more pathetic, pleading, and then insulting and bitter letters to Morgan. I, I mean, almost like what you would expect, you know, a crazy divorced person to write. Have you ever read the book of Job, he wrote? If you will put my mind in place of his body, you will find my suffering accurately described. With $50,000 more, Wardenclyffe is completed, and I have an immortal crown and an immense fortune. You are a big man, but your work is wrought in passing form. Mine is immortal. Tesla didn't know how to work with the J.P. Morgans of his era and what it would take to keep them on board. He didn't know how to think about his technology from the perspective of people that would fund it, finance it. Part of the creativity is understanding how you can fit it into the world of practice. It was a big flaw in his life. In the summer of 1903, just as he finished making his first experiments, Tesla ran out of money. His experiments on Long Island were never finished, but what he was trying to do there was pretty far out. Now, messages might have been possible because to send a message, you need a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of power. But I don't think there was any way that he was going to be able to put sufficient power out of this thing so that he was going to be able to go, you know, even a mile. Okay, so far be it from me to question a physicist. But when I think of lightning and I think of lightning and people say stories of how I can travel miles and strike something and the immense power of lightning in the atmosphere, how it gets charged, ionized and the way our atmosphere is. And they're not in the genius category that Tesla. So I'm not going to say that he couldn't do it because I've learned you never say when somebody can't do it. But what I will say is that you kind of, uh, didn't give him an opportunity to do it. Now, again, he made business decisions that if he had have taken his royalty from Westinghouse and hadn't have ripped up the contract, he could have done everything he wanted. He did not think about that. He didn't see that vision, obviously. But again, he was relying on other people's money to do it, and he just couldn't, couldn't achieve it. Uh, and again, he just started the testing when he ran out of money. So we don't even know what he could have achieved. So when you label somebody something, um, I'll get a great example was Elon Musk, 
when he created Tesla, the, the car company, and SpaceX, and, and all this other stuff, people thought he was crazy. And for him, he had the money to do it. Tesla did not have the adequate funds to do what he could have done. Again, the radio, transmission. Um, could Tesla have done that originally? Certainly. I mean, use 17 of his patents Marconi did in order to achieve that. That was, at the time, low-hanging fruit for Tesla. That wasn't what, I mean, even the fluorescent tube would have been made him rich. That wasn't his thing. So he was always moving forward. So we never would know what could have happened when it came to harnessing the power of our atmosphere and our universe. And we don't know, okay? Uh, we know that the Earth is big, one big conductive body. Um, so, I mean, we have no idea what he could have achieved. Uh, but to hear people say it would have never happened, physics, you know what? They said the same thing about the motor. And we see what happened there. Okay. Now, uh, I'll go on a little bit more because, again, it kind of might as well wrap it, wrap it up. Uh, but uh, we'll go a little bit more. The insight he demonstrated for the AC motor is true genius, but his dream of powering things over vast distances really wasn't workable. And I've always been curious why he even thought that was possible. Still, Tesla dreamed of Wardenclyffe, trying desperately for years to raise the money to resurrect his vision. I will be able to transmit energy of any amount to any place, he said. Tesla believed that the tower would also be powerful enough to send signals to nearby planets, especially if there were any Martians out there to receive them. I will also, also say this, not to distract from what the physicists say, and I'm certainly not one, but I have been in a situation where I've had a CB and I'm transmitting on a CB and I transmit all the way to Australia, all the way to Europe when the skip is low and the signaling is bouncing off of the low atmosphere and it's carried long distances. They have a big antenna on their end. I have an antenna on my end sending this, this information. We don't know what could have happened. We don't know if there is enough power. Of course, I'd hate to be around it. But if his, you know, sending that much power, or maybe even his idea was to have these towers located centrally all throughout the country, and they work as an interconnected grid, we don't know because he didn't finish the testing and he didn't have the funding to test it. But I can tell you this, um, I you have lightning, you have power, you have energy, you, you have the, the concept and, you know, I'm not a full buying into the Tesla tower, but I think that Tesla didn't get an opportunity to really expand. He started the first stage of testing. Um, maybe you have these big towers located all over the country and they interconnect, send out power. And then you have receivers that receive this power and maybe like a transformer can transform it into usable power. I don't know, but we will never know, right? And so I'm not going to discredit the man for that. We just don't know. And it was his vision. And he's entitled to that vision. In 1916, his fortune dwindling, he relinquished the Wardenclyffe mortgage to the Waldorf Astoria Hotel, where he had been living on credit for almost 20 years. 
running up a debt of $20,000. Sounds like nothing the today. The following year, to make the land easier to sell, the Waldorf had the tower dynamited. Tesla was 61. He would spend the rest of his life imagining new inventions and hoping to find someone to invest in them. He consulted with various companies, but he was a lonely, eccentric scientist who really was frustrated that his ideas had never been fully seen through. His goal was to try and sell something so he could get the money, go back to Wardenclyffe, and complete his, his baby, which was a world global system to transmit light, voice, pictures, and power to all points of the globe. And he was trying to attach our technology to the wheel work of nature, harnessing geothermal power, the tides, wind, and sun. He did not want to sap the earth of our natural resources. He stands for the future. Tesla still commanded attention, but increasingly, his ideas were losing their mooring in reality. Science and science fiction meet in Nikola Tesla. As time goes on, his inventions start to take on more of the fantastic. Well, I'm going to tell you this much, though. When Tesla died, all of the work that he had done in patents were taken by the government. We have no real idea what he was envisioning. Okay? Uh, the death ray very much seems like a laser today. Okay? It didn't have it then. Again, a lot of people look at Notre Dame and say, well, he parables and paraphrased on the future, and they really believe in this guy and what he saw in the water. Tesla is kind of the same way. He had these visions and concepts, and today we're just experiencing the transmission of things versus cell phone, lasers, uh, all the things that we can do somehow go back and hearken onto this man's brilliance in some form or fashion. Okay, people don't want to recognize that. I recognize it. Call me whack job if you want. That's fine. Been called worse. But I see the contributions that he made, and we'll never know some of the things that, that were seized when he died that we don't know that he actually invented, okay, or that he had the idea for. We have no idea. He didn't have the funding, so he was also struggling all the time to get funded for these things. So quite amazing. They are visions. They take full flight. They unleash themselves from the strictures of reality. He starts to develop an idea about photographing thought, uh, which is one of his most poetic and beautiful non-inventions in my book. He thinks, you know, thought is electrical energy and we record electricity all the time. Why can't we photograph thought? And essentially we do that when we stick the probes on our head and we're looking at these waves and we translate them today. Again, parables in what happened then 
versus what we see in the technology, how we scan brainwaves today and all that type of stuff. It seemed crazy then, but not so crazy now, right? Tesla had never cared about money. Now, he had hardly any left. Leaving behind a trail of debts, he moved from one hotel to another. His mind was drifting. Despite the fact that Mark Twain is dead, Tesla is sending him packages to an address that no longer exists in New York City. He's living with ghosts. Here's the stuff people tend to want to remember. His only friends Tesla. were the pigeons in Bryant Park. I have been feeding pigeons, thousands of them, for years, he told a reporter. One was different. It was a female. I loved that pigeon as a man loves a woman. And she loved me. As long as I had her, there was purpose to my life. Hey, people feel that way about their pets? Come on now! The night his beloved pigeon died, he saw a light in her eyes he described as more intense than the most powerful lamps in his laboratory. When that light went out, he said, a light went out inside of me. Nikola Tesla died on January 7th, 1943. He was 86 years old, alone in the New Yorker Hotel, room 3327 on the 33rd floor. Coincidence? No. He loved threes. Six months later, Check this the out. United States Supreme Court ruled that the patents to Marconi's wireless device belonged to Tesla. Tesla, not Marconi, invented radio. There you go, baby. Yeah, but he, he's but dead now, now right? he was nearly forgotten. People forget His quick. coils were never commercially successful. His fluorescent lights never marketed. His wireless system never realized. His invention of radio never fully credited. Even today, his achievements remain obscure. Alternating current electricity is not something you think about every time you put your hand on the light switch and turn on the lights. There's not something that's easy to say, ah, oh, okay, there, there we are, there's the Tesla, that's what he gave us. He established the basic framework for electrical generation and distribution that drives our economy today. But he was moving down his own path. He was pursuing a vision. That is the takeaway. He is the father of alternating current as we know it today. Not the inventor of it, but as we know it today. And how he was able to build the motor, which again is so important to everything that we do in industry, is, is the motor. And the ability to show how you can transmit alternating current safely, efficiently, over long distances, allow us to have the lights in this studio, the computer or tablet that you're watching this video, all of that. Now think about the radio achievements. Now think about the things that you can say were way out there. Are they necessarily way out there? Can we transmit power long distances wirelessly? Yes. 
Can we transmit signals? Yes. There's many things today that we can do that people just scoffed at that now we look back and go, technology is caught up with a man that was beyond his time. And that's the beauty of Nikola Tesla. So not to take anything away from Thomas Edison, which is a brilliant man, but to give back credit to Nikola Tesla, who deserves the credit as I feel the most influential man in our history. That's what I truly feel. Now, to close this out, there's a couple interesting things that I wanted to, to look at. Uh, interesting things about Tesla that you didn't know. You can find these things online again, and I think PBS, uh, in, uh, again, using the Fair Use Act, I'm showing that video. Um, interesting things you might not know about Tesla. He was born during a lightning storm, which you heard about that here. Uh, in 1865, excuse me, 1856, sorry, sorry, Tesla. Um, he was a funny guy. So many people think of him as maybe being such a scientist, but he was actually, they state, had a terrific sense of humor, okay? Uh, he and Edison were rivals, but not sworn enemies, okay? So again, they, it's portrayed as they were so rivals as the current wars, but between them, um, the current wars pushed in, you know, this, this fight, but I think they were rivals, but they both were technological guys and they understood that. And it was just the fight. It wasn't so much anger, uh, towards them. Okay. Uh, here's a quote that it said on a rare occasion, Edison attended a conference where Tesla was speaking. Edison hard of hearing and not wanting to be spotted slipped into the back of the auditorium to listen to the lecture. But Tesla spotted Edison in the crowd and called attention to him and led the audience to giving him a standing ovation. Okay, Tesla was inspired by Edison. They had a disagreement. But again, there was, a, as with media today, probably media then, everything was spun into something totally more than it was. It's just two people rivaling uh, with each other. Uh, next it says, what you didn't know, he developed the idea for smartphone technology in 1901. If you didn't know that, and uh, basically he envisioned a smartphone and wireless internet. So all of that was something that was part of his vision. Radar, x-rays, particle beam, uh, all those type of things. Radio astronomy, all was attributed to Tesla. He shook the... He shook the poop out of Mark Twain. Okay, so one famous uh, legend surrounding the uh, eccentric Tesla was that he had an earthquake machine in the Manhattan laboratory that shook the building and nearly brought down the neighborhood during experiments. Tesla's device wasn't actually an earthquake machine, but a high-frequency oscillator and pistons set underneath a platform in the laboratory shook violently as it moved. Another experiment uh, in more uh, effective electricity. Um, and basically, Mark Twain was known to have digestive problems anyway. So Twain, he knew this was a problem, uh, invited him over, instructed Twain to sit on the platform while he flipped on the oscillator. After that, 90 seconds, Twain jumped off the platform and ran to the facilities. Okay, shook him up. So, again, maybe something you didn't know. Uh, other thing that you might not know, that Tesla had famous friends. You kind of heard that in, in the, uh, the actual uh, Waldorf Astoria is where he lived. And he had quite a few famous friends, obviously Mark Twain being one of them. Um, 
It says one of the things you didn't know that pearls drove him crazy. Tesla could not stand the sight of pearls to the extent that he refused to speak to women who wore them. Okay, so he had this issue with pearls. Okay, well, there you go. Um, also, that he had a photographic memory, which we have learned about that in the video, and his fear of germs. So he was a germaphobe uh, of, of the time, but I guess we would see how he dealt with uh, coronavirus today if he was around. I'm pretty sure if anybody could probably solve it, he could probably solve it. Uh, and maybe these germs are killed by a big massive radio wave or, or a big energy magnetic field would cause them to, I don't know, but he would be the one to come up with it. So anyway, hopefully you got something out of today's episode, folks. Uh, and uh, until next time, uh, again, thank you, Mr. Tesla, for all the things that you've given us that we take for granted that he doesn't get credit for. And thank you for listening to this episode of Electrician Live. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul 